0: Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings and it is Thursday, the 30th of June, the last day of the financial year. So get all that rushing around happening and off to office works for those end of financial year bargains. All right. Well, we have uh, general advice only as usual. So please consult your financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this webinar briefing. And of course, if you're listening on a podcast, you can head on over to the themarcustoday.com.au website, where you can read our disclaimer in full. And if you're not a member of Marcus Today, why are you waiting? It's the last day of the financial year. And of course, you could get some tax deductibility from your membership. Just speak to your accountant, of course, to make sure that you qualify for that. But certainly, there are some advantages in that. So sign up for a trial or just sign up for a membership. We'd love to have you on board the community. All right, well, what can I say? It's going to be a slightly damp squib end to the year, I have to say. Well, it certainly looks that way at the moment. SP uh, SPY futures down one point or 0.02%, 65.95. Let's start at the top there. So we're not expecting any great shakes today. However, we did see the Dow uh, flip flopping from positive to negative, closing up 82 points, so a slight positive 0.27%. 31,029 points. It had a very, very narrow trading range and a lot of disinterest as we hit the quarter end. Rebalancing taking effect. There were a couple of casualties last night. Carnival Cruise Lines was one of those. And uh, we did see the Dow have a range of up 200 to down 50. 250 points, hardly worth getting out of bed for in terms of volatility. The Nasdaq fell four points or 0.03%, 11,178, the S&P 500 fell 3 points, a 007, a James Bond uh, 38.19 there, and the VIX index pretty much unchanged as well, down 0.7 of a percent, so nothing shaking but the trees in the US markets as they continue to vacillate between uh, bad news and good news, and recession is bad, recession is good, inflation is bad, inflation is good, but we did see last night some coming off of the oil price which is good for inflation does take a little bit of the sting out of it it's not a huge move in the oil price and we have seen the oil price sneak back up again towards that 120 level it did come off 1.46% last night or a dollar 72 in brent crude down to 116.26 and wti down 1.77% or nearly 2 bucks to 109.78 so, there was a little bit of cooling in that oil price, but uh, the Dow very directionless last night and uh, not a lot to go on, as they say. But um, you know, a very tight trading range 250 point trading range that's unheard of in the Dow, where we're usually eight seven or eight hundred points at least in terms of trading range. So, a lot of people have left. For the coast, as they say, gold down three dollars seventy or point two of a percent to a hundred eighteen seventeen point five. Iron ore down point one three percent, seventeen cents to one thirty point one one. In other commodities, we had copper up point six of a percent, nickel having a good night up two and a half percent, uh, aluminium down one, zinc uh, pretty much unchanged, lead down two point three, and tin up one point six percent. There, so we did have. A little bit of a mixed bag in those base metals. As far as uh, international miners go, BHP was unchanged in ADR terms. Rio was down half a percent. Freeport mcmoran down 1.6 percent. Alcoa down 3.3. Anglo down 1.7. Vale up 1.1. <coughs> Arbamarle in the lithium space having a bit of a shocker night, down 5.1 percent last night. So maybe a little bit of weakness again in our lithium sector as we head into the new year. The A dollar against the U.S. 68.78 at the moment. So still under some pressure. There's certainly a flight to quality in the U.S. dollar continuing at the moment. And that's strengthening at the expense of other currencies. Here you can see the S&P 500 pretty much all over the place. Very convictionless trade. Very thin trade as well. Once again, we are seeing volumes very much on the low side. A lot of rebalancing going on as well in the U.S. markets at the moment because it is quarter end. And of course, we head into result season, kicking off in a week or so's time in the US. We had Apple up 1.3%, Meta up 2%, Google pretty much unchanged, Microsoft up 1.5%, Amazon up 1.4%. So that was the good news. Tesla down 1.8%. We had Block, the artist formerly known as Square, down 2.7%, and Twitter down 2.6%. Whatever happened to Twitter in the takeover? Is that still happening? Uh, In U.S. banks, we had pretty much nothing really going on at all. It was a nothing burger in U.S. banks. Uh, The best of the bunch was Goldman Sachs up 1.3%. I think they got an upgrade, a broker upgrade there. And Bank of America was down 1.4%. So, um, sorry, 1.24%. Let's put the two in. We can't miss the two out. So, uh, as I say, not a lot of conviction either way in the U.S. market. Still fishing for a bottom, as they say, still trying to find that bottom after a pretty miserable quarter. It's the worst first half that we've seen in the U.S. markets for many a long moon. So it's not a good end to the quarter. Major stories are coming out of overseas. Uh, stocks finished almost flat grinding session. Uh, Fed's uh, Mesta said she would back a 75 basis point rate hike in July. If conditions remain the same, if the song remains the same... ECB's Lane sees double-sided risk of spiraling inflation and an economic slowdown. These guys are amazing, aren't they? ECB's Holzman, another one, says there's ample room to hike to cool surging inflation. Well, guys, you haven't yet hiked. Inflation is surging. It's gone through 10% in Spain. It is coming off a little bit in Germany. Uh, we did see that inflation posting a surprise decline in Germany. But Spanish inflation is a 37-year high. And yet the ECB has still not raised rates. They talk about it, but they don't do anything about it. They are still negative. Let's repeat that. ECB official rates are still negative. And Spanish inflation is a 37-year high. And German inflation, at least, is coming off a bit. But come on, ECB, talk about a sleep at the wheel. You've actually thrown the wheel out the window. Uh, Sell the rally is the new game plan as the ETF dip buyers disappear. And OPEC Plus total output since May 20, more than half a million barrels behind its pledge. That was We did see the oil price come off last night, but that was to do with US inventories and slightly diminished demand. What to expect from our market today? Well... Not a lot is the answer with SPY down one point, but it is the end of financial year. So expect some window dressing, maybe expect some late stage tax loss selling as well, especially if the market goes quiet, we could see some big moves uh, to the downside or even maybe to the upside, I guess, in some of the uh, the smaller caps that do have liquidity issues, especially when confidence leaves the building, as Elvis has, and we do see the... um, volumes dry up so there's going to be a lack of conviction i suspect here today as well maybe a little bit a little bit of strength in some of those resource stocks but um i think it's going to be a pretty lackluster end to the financial year and what has been a pretty lackluster financial year to be honest the asx 200 is heading for its third yearly loss in the last decade down around eight percent last year let's put some perspective around it it was up 24 percent, so down 8% this year up 24% last year the small odds is down 20% this financial year I just checked that number 19.7% to be precise but ASX small odds has had a bit of a shocker I suspect uh, by now pay later is probably part of that problem in uh, news today we've got Australian private sector credit for May We've got New Zealand uh, ANZ Business Confidence for June and Chinese Manufacturing and Non-Manufacturing PMI for June. This comes uh, yesterday. Of course, we had retail sales numbers, uh, 0.9% for May, which was, uh, I think, a record for retail sales. (coughs) Excuse me. And it's uh, surprising, and something I talked about last night on Ask the Analyst, that we have had this cratering in Australian consumer stocks, both discretionary and uh, non-discretionary to some extent, West Farmers, I'm looking at you. But um, there we have those retail sales numbers yesterday, uh, pointing to pretty good times still out there in retail land, although some of it was skewed towards department stores and cafes, restaurants and services, so maybe not so much stuff, more experiences. But um, an interesting divergence there between those retail sales numbers and the retailers themselves. JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, All Accent, all of them looking pretty soft and soggy and unloved, yet we're still spending money and still have money to spend, it seems. So uh, that dichotomy remains. As far as 10-year yields go, US 3.09, Australia 3.69, Germany 1.51, so coming off a little bit in European markets, stocks 50 was up 1%, FTSE down 0.1, and the DAX, down 1.7 CACs down 0.9 and we do have a central bankers talk fest in Spain at the moment they always pick nice places to go to have their talk fest Uh, price growth unexpectedly hit a record 10% in Spain (coughs) while easing off in Germany so we talked that one of the reasons the oil price fell was the mixed U.S. crude inventory report that showed U.S. crude inventories fell as refiners boosted run rates. This is one of the problems we've seen with uh, oil prices and gas prices, as they say in the U.S., is that it's about refining capacity, not just the price of oil. So it's important to bear that in mind. It is capacity capacity and refining capacity that has been to blame for some of these peaks in the oil price. Natural gas prices in Europe, though, rose to their highest level in almost two weeks. Looks like the European nations are stockpiling and storing natural gas ahead of winter. Probably sensible given the Ukraine-Russia war is likely to roll on for some time, and there is always the threat of Russia pulling their gas supplies into Europe completely and their oil supplies, so the sword of Damocles remains over the European economy. So they are making hay while the sun shines and storing as much gas as they can, pushing those prices up. Victoria, well, we're all talking about, uh, I don't know if you're talking about it, but some people are talking about it, West Australian uh, gaming and wagering licenses. There's a number of players playing in that space or trying to get that one sorted. But the Victorian wagering license, gaming and wagering license is in discussions or comes up for discussions very soon of course tabcorp has got the license in victoria and is trying very hard not to lose that license they're obviously the front runner as the incumbent but that is a far far bigger market sorry wa than uh, the western australian market is for wagering Uh, the asx heading for that third yearly loss in a decade vault bank which was one of the neo banks that was going to revolutionize the world well, it's handing back its bat and ball with its license and it's returning money to its deposit holders. So that was a bit of a fail for them. The big four banks were probably shaking in their boots with Volt Bank, but um, no longer a threat. And not a good look for Macquarie, which doesn't usually put too many feet wrong in terms of steps. But uh, the Newick's issue has hit court started this week, and there's some certainly some um, less than flattering looks for Macquarie in the way they handled that float, where they took out over 500 million bucks um, and their um, some of the treatments of the uh, ex-CEO and founder. So that one in court at the moment. So probably putting a little bit of negativity in terms of spin around Macquarie. Not financially significant, but it is certainly reputationally significant. Uh, Suncorp it looks like it could be in talks with Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. Uh, there has been media reports this week that Suncorp are looking at a strategic review to split the company into two in terms of uh, banking and jettisoning the banking site, uh, the business, and uh, keeping the insurance business. And Bendigo and Adelaide looks as if they're interested. And competition, perhaps, for ARB, which is the market darling of all those people that love their four-wheel drives and their Hiluxes, uh, ARB being the darling But there's a Thai company, Aeroclass, which has bought a Sydney company, Tough Dog, which I have seen uh, Tough Dog stickers on a number of uh, utes uh, in the area. There are millions of them around. Uh, But uh, Tough Dog, I guess, uh, the Thai company could uh, bring a little more competition to ARB. And ARB, of course, does have a big Thai uh, business as well, manufacturing business there. Question of the day today, really simple one. It's the end of the quarter. It's the end of the financial year. We've got reporting season to look forward to. Where will the ASX 200 be at the end of next quarter? It's pin the tail on the donkey time. Your guesses, your forecasts, whatever you want to call them, your uh, look in the stars, uh, look in your horoscope. Where will the ASX 200 be at the end of next quarter? That's the level, not uh, where it physically will be. But what price, what level will the ASX 200 be at the end of next quarter? And I will send a bottle of something nice to the nearest the pin. So um, get guessing. I'll put that up on Facebook and you can have a little stab at that one at your leisure. We'll keep that open for a few days. Well, that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group. I've put a link in there for the Ask the Analyst session last night where we had uh, around 120-odd people uh, tune in for that, which is always nice to see. It's not good to be talking to myself for an hour and a bit. And I've also listed the stocks that we talked about. And there was a wide range of stocks uh, last night that we talked about from West Farmers to Jumbo Interactive to Liontown, Baby Bunting Syrah, a2 milk, so we did cover a whole range of stocks, probably about thirty stocks in all. so it was a bit of fun. If you did tune in, thanks very much for tuning in if you didn 't, you can see the recording and it will be in the newsletter and it 's also on the Facebook discussion group if you 're listening to this on a podcast then we'd love to have you uh, listen to some of our other podcasts. We've got the Marcus Strategy podcast every day, which is the -the fly-on-the-wall market uh, our morning meeting. Uh, Look there at our morning meeting and what we're discussing. There's the On The Desk podcast with the team in Melbourne talking about all things financial and my On The Couch podcast, which last one I did was with Marcus answering a few questions. And this afternoon, I'm hoping to sit down with a good mate of mine and discuss the state of the market and where to from here for the new financial year and next week i have a real treat in store i have a fund manager from uh, platinum who is going to be joining me and uh, i'll be releasing that one uh, next weekend not this weekend coming but next weekend and uh it's safe to say this guy has some interesting views on the market and falls into the bear camp so um, it's going to be interesting chatting to him. So looking forward to that. And uh, we'll bring that to you as soon as I have edited it and polished it and made it look great. But that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. Happy New Year for tomorrow. And uh, may the trading gods be with you today.